Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Joe Lobick, pastor of Sacred Heart of Jesus Parish in Wadsworth. Welcome, Father. Thanks, Tim. It's always good to be with you. Awesome. Well, we're uh, discussing the Sixth Commandment this this week, You Shall Not Commit Adultery, and we left off last time talking about what uh, chaste love is. So if you could just summarize uh, question 404, yeah. what is chaste love? Chaste love is, again, that whole activity and expressing one's love in a very, uh, I suppose, intelligent way, in a way that mind and heart and not just because of our drives and our appetites, but knowing that loving another person involves so much and so many things that it's giving of ourselves. It's a constant gift of self. It's it's wanting what's best for the other person. And to that end, we are able to use what God has given us, how he has made us to express that love. And in the context of marriage between a man and a woman, a husband and wife, there is always the openness to new life, to the bringing children into the world. So 406 asks, does everybody have to be chaste, even married people? Yes, as I said, they do. We are all called to live chaste lives. You know, even in the context of marriage, you ha- it isn't something that uh, uh, anybody has a right to. A husband, they used to talk about that a lot, you know, that the woman owes the marriage debt to the man, the marriage debt being, you know, doing what he wants and what he wants of her. That's not, doesn't have anything to do with the sacrament of marriage or the theology of the sacrament or anything that God even has revealed. But chastity requires us, a man and woman, to uh, to live together in love and be able to express that love through marital intercourse in a way that is pleasing to God. It's not something that can be demanded, but it's something that has to be very mutual. It's freely given and freely received. It's no one owes anybody anything. They don't have a right to it. It is something that they mutually do to share in the love that God has revealed to them and in that love that they have for each other. So that's very, very important. Again, there, you know, even in a marriage, you know, you never know when you might have to go without that, that luxury or using that gift for health reasons, uh, whether it's physical or emotional, mental health, whether there's something that separates you in, in distance and time or, or whatever, there will be circumstances. And so it can't always, it can't be driven by our appetites and our so-called needs as society wants people to believe. I have needs. If you had a nickel for every time you heard that in a movie or a TV show or people talking, you would be a very wealthy person. Mm-hmm. But no, we have needs. We have a need to be loved. 
but not a need for sexual activity. That's mm-hmm. not, that's something we've been convinced of by the world. What we need is to be loved as God loves us, as we are called to love one another. I think it might be important at this point, Father, to mention the fact that the use of contraception, even within a marriage, is intrinsically evil and a mortal sin and against the teachings of the church. It's not talked about a lot, but so many Catholics, as well as non-Catholics, aren't even aware of the fact that there's anything wrong with using contraception, even within a marriage. Right. They, it's, you know, to them, it's, it's the, what the world, again, teaches us. But we have to look at what it does, what it's all about. Because when you give yourself to your spouse freely in that activity, in, a, in that expression of love, you have to give it all, everything. And if you hold back your fertility, then you're not giving everything. If you're controlling that, which is something that a man and woman have a right to uh, to express that way, and in doing so, they become co-creators with God. You know, God creates, but he uses the love of a husband and wife to bring physically bring about that new life. And so they have to work together. And if we're, again, if we're going to take that away from God and say, no, you don't have any part in this, this is just up to us, then we're, we're denying God, too. We're saying, you know, you're not, you're not the center of my life. You're not the one true God that I am supposed to worship and adore. I'll tell you what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do. And so the contraceptive uh, mentality comes into play. Uh, and, and again, on the other side of that, a lot of those things, birth control pills, IUDs, diaphragms, things like that, are also, many of them, abortifacients. So that conception actually occurs, and then there's a spontaneous abortion, and the, that man and woman never even know that they conceived a child. Mm-hmm. But there, that still happens. It's still, there was life there. So that's another thing that we have to be careful of. And God in the church has no problem with people, husbands and wives, planning their family. That's why God created us the way he did. He created the woman so that she is fertile only a few days out of the month. And we're allowed to use that knowledge the way God created us in order to plan a family. There's what they call natural family planning. That we can use what God created within each and every one of us in order to plan our families. Mm-hmm. So uh, 407 asks, Father, why is the church against premarital sexual relations? Again, it takes it out of the context of marriage. In marriage, a man and woman come together and they are one, one in the Lord. They make a commitment to each other. They make a public profession of their love, real love, not just romantic love. And in that context, then, they are uh, giving themselves to each other physically and with an openness to new life. An unmarried couple doesn't want any of that. They don't. There's no commitment. They want to be able to, to walk if they want next week, next month, whatever. They're definitely not open to children. They don't have time for that. That's not what their life is about at, at that time, not being married. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it just, 
is again, it's taking away from God what he designed and he planned and saying, now we're going to change this and make it the way we want it. And we don't have that. We don't have that right because that's how things get messed up. That's what Adam and Eve thought. That's why they took the fruit and they ate it because the devil told them, you will be like God. And then you decide for yourself what's right and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. You don't have to listen to God. You can figure it out yourself. And that's what the world continues to tell us mm-hmm. that we can do it on our own. We don't need God. We have the right to decide what's right and wrong for me. And that's ultimately what sin is. Sin is doing what I want without any regard to what God wants. Exactly, yes, it and is. And basically turning away from God. So 408 asks, how can, I, uh, how can you live as a young Christian if you're living in a premarital relationship or have already had premarital relations? Well, it's something, it's like any anything. You can always, we can change, we can grow, we can become enlightened by the, the grace of God. And no matter what we've done in the past, we can start doing what's right and good and become what God created us to be. That's how his grace works. That's why the sacrament of reconciliation is so beneficial. If people would use it, it could really help them to understand their relationship with God, help them to grow into into the person that God created them to be. So, mm-hmm. Question 409 asks, is masturbation an offense against love? Yes, because it turns this gift in on itself. Our sexual, again, our sexuality and the gift of sexuality is not something meant to give me pleasure. You know, that's not what it's for. It's a gift that we give to the person that we're married to, a husband and wife, a man and woman, giving that gift to each other. When we just do it ourselves, again, it becomes very selfish and it really is all about me again. Just me making myself happy, giving myself pleasure, and not caring. That's not what that gift was for. That's not what God made it for. Like so many other things in our world, when we just think about ourselves, we get into trouble. It it breeds a whole mentality of, of selfishness and self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. It's not just confined to that aspect of our life. It spills over into our other relationships, into our whole way of thinking and being. So that's why it's it's not a good thing. That's absolutely a, a very selfish thing to do. That's kind of the definition of a pagan. A pagan is one who seeks only pleasure and avoidance of pain, as opposed to the Christian who strives to follow Christ and do what's pleasing to God. Exactly, yes. yes. 410 asks in the, in the UCAT, what is meant by fornication? As it's a fornication is again, we understand it to be what the that sexual activity outside of marriage between people who are not married to each other, not married to anybody, and they still engage in what God made a very sacred expression of love between two married people, a husband and wife, a man and woman who have come together in the sacrament of marriage. We can't. Can't, when you take it out of that context, the act of sexual intercourse, marital intercourse, is all about uniting that couple into a deeper and more profound love 
and at the same time, as I said, being open to bringing children into the world. So it is both unitive and procreative, and you can't separate those two things. That's what Blessed Paul VI taught us in Humani Vitae. You can't separate those things, but that's what the world insists on doing. Mm-hmm. And that's what people have. A lot of people have gone along with, and it's not producing any good fruit. Just mm-hmm. look around. Don't you think that uh, Satan and his minions are, are manipulating the media in all its forms? Oh yeah, to it, constantly it, bombard us with this. It's definitely but mentality. We deserve it. We should have it. Right. He is definitely present there, and these people have allowed him. And that way of thinking to, for whatever reason, which I just can't understand, because it's so evident that if they just have to look around the world and see that what is going on is not producing goodness. So you'd think you'd look for another way, but they're just so steeped in that and they just keep going down that road. Mm-hmm. We've been listening to Father Joe Lobick on the Sixth Commandment. Father, can we have your blessing before we go today? May the blessings of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Don't forget about the Living Bread Radio app for your Apple or Android device. It's available for free at the iTunes Store or Google Play Store. Just look for Living Bread Radio. Until next time, this has been Tim Perry for Faith with Father. God bless you. This has been Faith with Father a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.